what we desire is, is you to to speak forth and, and speak to our hearts. And uh, we uh, desperately need you, Lord. We we need our souls and to come under submission to the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And so lead us and guide us. Let us have ears to hear what your Spirit is speaking to us about tonight. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, I want to... I want to read a little bit out of... uh, this is Soul and Spirit by Jesse Penlewis. Oh, that's probably the place I wanted to read from. <laughs> Oops, slipums. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. Just read a little bit here. This is, uh, she's talking about how the soul and spirit are divided, which we've covered quite a bit. But uh, this is the cross and the soul affections. Um, he that, and this is out of Matthew ten thirty-eight. He that doth not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life, suki, soul life, shall lose it. And he that loses his life, suki, soul life, for my sake shall find it. This, uh, this passage occurs in the charge given to the twelve when the Lord sent them forth in his name. He warns them that a man's foes shall be those of his own household and shows that their first following him in the path of the cross will mean a sword in their family life when the claims of Christ and the family are not in accord. The sword to divide the soulish and the spiritual in the, in the affections generally comes in a clash between the known will of God and the will of the loved ones, which compels the believer to take his cross that is, go forth even to crucifixion and follow the Lord, even though it causes variance with father or mother or the own household. It was so with Christ himself. He who had said, honor your father and your mother, had to say, who is my mother and my brethren? When they judged him to be, quote unquote, beside himself, as he was occupied with his father's business. The taking of the cross in this way and the choosing to be obedient to Christ before family claims means to the natural affections such as such suffering that it is as a sword piercing the soul, so that in very truth the soul life in the affections is lost, and the purified vessel of the soul in the aspect of its affections, becomes open to the inflow of the love of God by the Spirit, whereby the believer loves the loved ones no longer for himself but for God and in and through God. 
The lower life is exchanged for the higher. That is, the soul in its personality and vessel capacity remaining the same soul, but now dominated from the spirit by the spirit of Christ, the last Adam, and not by the fleshly soul life of the first Adam. Let's see here. In another part, she says, the cross and soulish self-interest. This is from Matthew 16. If any man would come after me, let him deny himself. For whosoever would save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Um, later on, Matthew again records a similar statement by the Lord, but this time drawn forth by Peter's words to him in regard to his, his own cross, the Lord's cross. Peter had said, pity thyself. But the Lord replies that the path of following him meant deny himself. Here is the soul life summed up in the word himself. When shown in self-centeredness in any form, that is self-pity, self-interest, self-centeredness, self-shrinking from suffering. In short, all that would make man save his life. Rather than go forward in divine strength to pour out his soul unto death for others. Um, Let's see if there's anything else here. He talks about the... um, or she talks about the taking up the cross and daily also. But um, the one thing we can get, uh, I, I spoke about this last week about taking up our cross uh, and how that is not the circumstances that surround us. The circumstances that you're in is not taking up your cross Taking up your cross is denying yourself apart from God. So even to where you're you're not living, you're not wanting to get a quick fix through this. You're wanting to go through it because of the strength of God and not live unto your own self. That's what taking up your cross is. Um, you're not taking up Jesus' cross. He he already did that for us, but you're saying no to yourself and yes to the Lord. Um, and we'll we'll do some more probably from her. That's a this is a very good little book regarding the subject we're on. Um, soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. Though it's very. A uh, small book, it's very deep. <laughs> um, I wanted to do a summary of scriptures for the soul, so you can you can write these down if you'd like. Just uh, the first one um, is the saving of the soul. In regards to the saving of the soul, you may already have all these. We've looked at just about all these passages, but this is a good summary. Um, in uh, Hebrews 10, verse 39. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, 
but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Preservation of the soul. We have faith. And, you know, faith is, is the, the big part of this uh, in this area. If you don't have faith, then, you know, that's just the basics, isn't it? You believe in God. You have faith that God is in charge. And so we don't, sh- we don't shrink back to destruction, but to those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Um, another one, James one twenty one, which we've pretty much been through completely. Um, we'll just read it briefly for a recall here. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted or engrafted, which is able to save your souls. saving of the soul and then in first peter 1 9 uh, let's see here obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls Uh, all through that first Peter, the, from even uh, well from the very beginning, but but even beginning at verse six. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Have any of you been distressed by various trials? That the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable even though tried by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ and though you have not seen him you love him and though you do not see him now but believe in him you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory Obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. That was First Peter six through nine, actually. But the verse nine is the part that talks about the salvation of your soul or the saving of your soul. You know, it just can't be emphasized enough that of how we need to bring our soul under submission to the Holy Spirit. It's it's the process of the daily living. And, and if we can't do that, uh, I've heard people say, well, I'm just not there yet. The Lord hasn't, hasn't worked it in me yet. And I would say, well, get it working. <laughs> you know, we, we, we have too many baby Christians out there that have been that way for 40 or 50 years. And they're still having the same problems over and over and over. And, uh, we just need to uh, respond to the gospel. You know, that's our charge. And, and uh, it was discussed Sunday morning about the carrying out the 
the do our part of the duties and not through a works mentality but just allowing the just saying no to self basically that's what it is and letting the Lord live through us the second thing is the soul preserved blameless soul preserved blameless it's in first Thessalonians 523 now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely completely to the end and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's possible, isn't it? You may you may think that it's not, but it is because of who lives in you. I mean, really, come on. <laughs> the... The Almighty One Himself lives in you. He is able to to do way beyond what we're what we're able to comprehend, and He's able to do that in you. You know, uh, you. It sometimes it's easier to believe for others than ourselves, isn't it? But uh, just as much as of Him lives in you as in anyone else. And so he is able to accomplish what he has begun. And so he's able to do this. The God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. He's able to do that. Another is regarding, a third one is regarding prosperity or advancing of the soul. Oh no, I'm getting into the prosperity message here. Um, look at Third John. Verse two. <clears throat> Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. soul can prosper but in a different way than what's preached in so many churches today your soul can prosper in the Lord can exalt in the Lord can have the peace that surpasses all understanding and the, and just an abundance of of grace the soul can be that way can, can advance that way or prosper that way <clears throat> The fourth is, uh, we've looked at quite a bit, of, we talked about metamorphosis of the soul or transformation. It's the same word. <clears throat> it's a change of thinking found in Romans 12, verse 2. <clears throat> Where it says... And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we, t- we looked at this also in the way of progression. If there's a good, there's a, that which is good, there's acceptable, but then there's that perfect will of God. <clears throat> Being, uh, having a change of thinking, having, a, having our minds renewed, having our minds changed, transformed. <clears throat> I'll turn over to Hebrews a fourth one a fifth one, Hebrews six nineteen deals with the anchoring of the soul. You know, you think about an anchor. What does an anchor do? Well it just yeah, you throw it out, it it keeps the boat in one place without going all over. So 6.19, we will need to start probably in 17 for the full context. In the same way, God designed even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed or confirmed with an oath in order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, We may have strong encouragement, we who have fled for refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. Where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The interesting thing here is this is why, uh, first and foremost, we truly need to know Jesus. We need to, to know him intimately, who he is, who he was, and especially who he is. Um, because that's the whole key. I mean, there's no way that we're going to bring our soul into submission to one that we don't know. And we can try all we want, but it becomes like rules and regulations and uh, ways and means of, of, of training our soul. But if we know the one who, it's, who Hebrews is speaking of here, our high priest, the one who, who knows all that we go through and who intercedes for us, intercedes a lot more than we intercede ourselves, obviously. <laughs> he intercedes for us. and uh, But here we have, in verse 19, it says, This hope we have, we have as an anchor of the soul. And it's both, this is a hope that's sure and steadfast. Because it's, it's Jesus. It says, and one which enters within the veil. This is, this, is, this is who we put our hope in. And see, the soul left to itself will put its hope in anything else. You know, we've had lots of training in that area. 
oh, put your hope in getting a good college education and a good job and blah, 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 everything else. And that's, that's how the soul's been trained to put its hope in in this. And in the world, that's the way it trains you and teaches you as you're growing up. And, or there's all kinds of stuff. But, but here is a hope that is sure and steadfast, where moth and rust cannot destroy. And not based upon your abilities. Not based upon your abilities. Um, and how much you can climb up the ladder. It's based upon Jesus who is sure and steadfast and who has entered into the veil. As, as a forerunner. Because now we have entered into the veil. We have entered in because of Christ. So it's an anchor of the soul. Our souls need to be anchored. They need to be uh, steadfast and sure and not being going from one place to the next. It needs to be anchored. Now, our sixth one is the weaning of the soul. We've heard this term weaning as a baby is weaned. Let's look over in uh, Psalm 131. I'm sure we have, we have a lady here and a couple of them that are, understand the weaning process of a baby they are not very steadfast and sure at first. <laughs> um, Psalm 131, verse 2. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rests against his mother. My soul is like a weaned child within me. O oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. You know, the what I'm seeing here is a weaned child is comforted by resting against their mother. Knowing that, well, I may not be getting my way, but at least I still have my mom. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's... Difficult enough, I'm sure, but at least the fact that that the child is with their mother. Uh, my soul's like a weaned child within me, and uh, it's quieted. I have composed and quieted my soul. So we need to wean the soul of the of the forces that are there that are always pressing against it. Um, and the next one would be fainting of the soul. Number seven. And let's see. I think while we're in the Old Testament, turn over to Isaiah chapter 40. The fainting of the soul.
Isaiah 40, verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Somebody got the King James Version? Go ahead and read it. Read that verse. uh. Okay. He fainteth not. Now remember, we talked about Fainting and growing weary. That's a soul thing. That's what happens in our souls. Our souls grow weary and tired and and faint. Well, the Lord doesn't. And he gives strength to the weary, which that's another soulish uh, thing. And then turn over to Hebrews 12. This... This one that we just spoke of, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth that does not become weary or tired. Uh, By the way, he lives in you. (laughs) He gave us his life. And so, because I could could just hear you say, well, that's God. That's God. He's way out here. Well, that's the old way of thinking. You know, that's Old Testament there. He now lives in you. Hebrews chapter 12. And let's see here. I know I've got Hebrews in here somewhere. Where did it go all of a sudden? Did you? All right. Then, Then you shall... You shall meditate on it day and night. Hebrews Hebrews 12, verse 3. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart or faint or, uh, or lose soul. Consider him. You know, that's the last thing the soul wants to do when it's when it in, is trying to endure hostility by sinners. It's the last thing the soul uh, wants to do when it's under all these this pressure. It the last thing the soul wants to do is consider him. You know? And and uh, but that is that is something we're called to do. And many times it takes effort, doesn't it? It takes a uh, a mental effort to cast down these imaginations and consider Jesus, who definitely went through a lot worse than what we're currently going through. <laughs> And then uh, Galatians chapter 6. 
verse 9. Still speaking on fainting of the soul. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. And maybe the King James says, does it say faint is not? Yeah. Don't lose heart in doing good. For in due time we shall reap if we don't grow weary or faint. And so then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those who are the household of the faith. Now, that's a whole different subject, doing good, but I I know that uh, sometimes it, you just get ragged out from bringing forth Christ and don't get any acknowledgement of it, especially from sinners, but especially from brothers and sisters. And you say to Jesus, how many times shall I forgive? <laughs> or you say to yourself, because no one appreciates me. And they don't appreciate that I lay down my life so much. And then I, and then I, and then I. We're right back into the I thing. And so we're, we're called to, to don't lose heart. And for in due time, we shall reap. Well, the, the mind can take that word reap and run with it if it wants to. But I'm sure there's going to be a, a re, the reward of an increase of Christ in our lives. That is what we're going to reap. We're going to, we're going to jump over some of these barriers and break through the, the areas of our lives that has been so tough. And it's going to be Christ. And he says, so don't lose heart. For we shall reap if we don't grow weary and give up. The only way we can grow weary is in our soul. Our soul gets just worn out and says, forget it. It's not worth it. Um, now, the eighth thing is the control of the soul. Control of the soul. Luke 21, verse 19. Now, the context of this is he was speaking of things to come and how all kinds of stuff is going to happen, that you're going to be delivered up, that they were going to be delivered up, they're going to be persecuted, put in prison, brought before kings, false testimony, that it would lead an opportunity to give testimony. And uh, so he says in verse 14, so make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourself. Now, that's what my mind always does. <laughs> Tries to figure out, what am I going to say in this case, and what am I going to say in this case, instead of trusting the Lord. Just, just trusting Him, that the Holy Spirit will speak. Because then He says, For I will give you utterance and wisdom, which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. But you will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. 
and you will be hated by all on account of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. By your patience or endurance, you will gain your souls or your soul. In your, by your patience, you will say, you will save your souls. Is it in the King James on that? Is it somebody read it? Yeah, possess ye your souls. That's the control. It's through patience. In your patience. Endurance. Yeah. We've got to get control. <laughs> um, because lack of patience, you know, um, oh, and I'll draw that. I'll draw that later. I think so. Yeah. Because in our in our souls we have a degree of patience, don't we? Some have more, some have a less. But we all have a degree of patience. But pushed to the limit, that patience gives up. But in Christ, with Christ is our life, there's no limit to the patience. And it's that that patience that he's talking about that you will gain your souls. You will save your souls. Okay, number nine, purify your soul. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, verse 22. 1 Peter 1, verse 22. Speaks about purifying your soul. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. In obedience to the truth. In obedience to the truth, you purify your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're speaking about purifying our souls. And uh, let me just check here. In verse 22 of 1 Peter 1 says, Since... Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. And so basically you purify your soul through the obeying of the word. And and we're not talking in a legalistic manner here. We're talking about a just obeying the living word of God. And our souls are purified as a result. We're able to obey the word because of the Lord who lives in us, the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and that way we can have a sincere love of the brethren. You know, there's a lot of non-sincere love of the brethren, isn't there? There really is. Um, 
And, and he even goes on and says, fervently love one another from the heart. And, and that, that is the overall heart with the soul and the spirit. It's the innermost being. It's not a external, I like you and you like me, but don't do anything against me or I no longer like you thing. Um, don't, uh, don't give preference to someone else or that will tell me that you don't like me as much as the other. A lot of that stuff goes on, doesn't it? Um, but a, a deep, sincere love of the brethren, that's real. Love one another from the heart. You can have that kind of love like that and not be best friends, can't you? We have, we have people in different places, different lands, different parts of the states that when we get with them, we just pick up where we were last time. And we may have not spoken for years, but it's, there's such a love there and an understanding that we don't have to, we don't get insecure if we don't hear from them every day or once a month or something. Because we all know that we're in Christ, and this isn't it here on this earth anyway. And so that's, that's a sincere love of the brethren where they also know, and we know, that should we need to call on them for anything, whether it be for prayer or whatever, they're there to listen. And, uh, and so that's... That's obedience to the truth. That's uh, coming to a place of obeying the word of God and we're purifying our souls. The, uh, the next one, which is number 10, we've looked at, we, a lot of this is just going back over some stuff. Shepherd and bishop of your soul. And that one of them is First Peter two twenty five, which we're already in First Peter. <clears throat> we're looking at our, our tenth item, which is shepherd and bishop of your soul. In First Peter two twenty five. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. You've returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The um, if you'll if you'll look at the verse right before that, this is the the infamous passage. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. By his stripes you were made whole. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. He does that 
continuously, just as we were continually straying, (laughs) he more fervently uh, continues to be the shepherd and guardian of our souls. But we have to turn to him and allow him to do that, to receive him as the shepherd and guardian of our souls. He looks over us. And he, as we spoke of, places those who also are under shepherds and watch after your souls. Matthew uh, 26 is another passage about this. Matthew 26. Verse uh, 41. And we, uh, we looked at this in depth, I think, last time. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is, is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let me make sure I get the right passage there. Yep. Keep watching and praying. The uh, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And I think the main thing there is that how easy it is to to get off track. We are to watch and pray, and we're to put a a overseer over our soul, which is the spirit himself. Keep watching and praying. And then finally in this series, number 11, would be the soul to magnify the Lord. That's not an automatic thing by any means. Um, And that, of course, probably you all know is in Luke chapter 1 with Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and 47 And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Now see the the wording on that. The soul is exalting the Lord on a continuous basis. It's an ongoing thing. The spirit has rejoiced. The spirit... Uh, the spirit that's been joined to the Lord um, is one with the Lord. doesn't have to continue to rejoice in the Lord, even though that's okay. But it's the soul that needs to continuously exalt the Lord. It's a continuous thing, not just a one-time happening. And it's a training process. It's a progression. Okay, so there's 11 passages there that kind of sum up the scriptures for the soul. It's not at all all the scriptures about the soul. We don't have time to look at all of them. We've looked at a lot of them, though. Um, I want to move into a different topic here. Well, I say different. It's We're still understanding the soul realm. I'm going to talk about controlling the soul. And uh, we're in Luke. Turn over back over to Luke 21. 
this passage beginning at verse 10. We were just here, weren't we? And I probably jumped ahead. But we'll jump back. Then he continued by saying to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes and in various places plagues and famines. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves, for I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. But you will be delivered up by even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all on account of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. By your patience you will gain your lives. And uh, this word, patience or endurance, is, uh, is a continuance or waiting comes from that word that we've seen before, um, the Greek word, hupon, hupon, <laughs> that, hupon, N-O, <laughs> oh, it's O. Hupomane. It's endurance or constancy. Constancy. We don't use that word much in our English language, but constancy. Uh, you know what? It is an E. <laughs> because it comes from the word that's spelled the same but ends in O, and they're two different Greek words. But they are derived from each other. The uh, this one's the one ending in e der- is derived from the one that ends in o. For patience, uh huh, and it means cheerful, cheerful or hopeful endurance, constancy, enduring, patience, patient continuance. You know, it's one thing to be to wait, but it's another matter to wait with cheerfulness and in, or endure with cheerfulness. Um, and so the word that it's derived from, the, that ends in the O, is to stay under, to remain, to bear trials, to have fortitude, persevere, And so here he says, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Or by your patience, you will gain your lives, your soul. Um, Control comes through the force of patience. Through the force of patience. And this 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 is brought about by faith and patience. 
And we saw where faith is from the spirit realm, right? Is in the spirit realm. Uh, but patience is to be worked or forced on the soul. It's got to be forced on the soul. The soul can only be patient so long. You got to force. It's got to be forced. You've got to be patient, soul. And by the Spirit of God, by my faith in in Christ who lives in me, we can. This is gonna. This is gonna happen. <laughs> um, as a result, we hope for the promises of God. As a result. Um, now, we'll, I, I want you to look at the context of that, though, because if you will think about it, everything he points out here goes totally against our souls. They would be screaming out by... Look at, look at what happens here. I mean... You got all th- kinds of stuff going on. He's, he's talking about nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom and plagues and famines and all this. And, and we hear about all this stuff that's going on in the world. You know, it's, it's happening everywhere. They got tons of tornadoes in places they've never had tornadoes. They have uh, tons of floods in places they're not supposed to have flooding. But yet you got all the stuff going on overseas, the war and the killing and the, of the innocent and and we look at all that and it's so far away but then all of a sudden our family turns against us and now it's at home and and that's what he's showing here uh, parents and brothers and relatives and friends will turn you in or will turn against you and and he's um this is examples of things that happened back then, but that maybe some of you have family members that are just not for you of what you're doing in the Lord. So they'll, he's, he's telling you this is going to happen. When it, when it hits this way, when we're talking about family, it hits home, doesn't it? It really hits home. Many times harder than, man, bring a famine on. I can endure that, but don't don't let my father or mother or my kid turn against me for for Jesus sake you know so so the soul this affects the soul realm totally and the soul cries out but but he's he's given us assurance that to remain patient we will we will save our souls we will gain our souls because the majority in this world will allow the soul to just go crazy and have its own way unto death because that's what it is. That's not life. That's not the life he, he gives and he talks about. So he's saying by your patience in all this matter or anything else that he didn't mention, you will save your souls. You will gain your souls. So looking at that, let's turn over to James chapter 1. And here we're also, we keep coming back to this in Tuesday nights and also Sunday mornings. (laughs) This is kind of... uh, 
interesting. I look at verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, this word in verse 3 um, for endurance is the same word for patience. And I think I talked about this last week, maybe not, but we don't count the test or trial a joy. We don't count that a joy, but we know the trying of our faith works patience. It puts to work or activates the force of consistency. If you were never tested or tried, how would you ever know if your faith was real? And so so when you encounter various trials, you consider it all joy because verse 3 says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or endurance. That's why we count it as all joy. It works or activates the force of consistency. Patience isn't created. Patience isn't created. It's already in us, and it just needs to be worked. It needs to be worked out of us. We have all the patience we need in Christ Jesus when we're in him and he's in us. It's just we need to allow it to come forth. And so it needs to be worked out. And that's done by the testing of our faith, by the trials and things that come at us. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that it's activated. And, and we need to thus activate our faith that, man, this is, this is being allowed so that that patience can be brought forth in in the midst of it all. It's activated. There's probably some of us here that are are having to work this patience, <laughs> allowing it to work, and maybe we've come short of that. And that's okay. We have a merciful and great and lots of grace in God. He 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 just brings forth much grace, grace upon grace and mercy. <clears throat> and his mercies are new every morning. So if we blow it one day, we're not happy with that, we're sorry, and so we have God gives us another day to to walk in him, to to try again, you know, give the trial or the test a another shot and let Christ come forth. And I'm sure we will have our trials. He's he's faithful to that too. <laughs> he's faithful because he wants his son so much. Um 
Hebrews 13, staying right in the same area, it's just a few pages back, maybe one page back. Hebrews 13, verse 8, simply says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. So here we, we bring this word up because he's the God of consistency. He's the, he's the God of constants. He, he doesn't change. He, he's not like us in and of ourselves, constantly changing. But he is the same. We have that same consistency in us through the Holy Spirit, don't we? Living in you. Um, living in each one of us. Um, so it's a matter it gets back to a matter of faith that Christ lives in me he's the same yesterday today and forever and regardless of what crosses my path today I will be able to endure it with patience because the word says so and because he has I have the power of the Holy Spirit living in me to endure this and to get through it and even bring forth Christ, which is the whole purpose of it anyway, isn't it? To show forth Christ. Um, Turn over to John chapter 10. Still speaking about controlling the soul. Uh, Look at verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. That word life, you know, is is zoe life, not not soul life. Um, But have it abundantly. And I wanted to point this out because Satan only comes to steal, kill and destroy that which we have. He can't, he can't steal something that we don't possess. Now think about that. If you're getting assaulted by Satan, it's because you have something. You know, don't get disillusioned because Satan keeps coming across your path. You have something that he wants and he... He wants to kill it, he wants to steal it, and he wants to destroy it in your life because you possess it, and that's what he doesn't like. If, if you don't have this message, he's not going to bother you because you, you're enough of yourself anyway. You've got enough problems. If you're not, if you're not taking a hold of, of this gospel and running with it... And, Um, He doesn't have to bother you. He knows you'll destroy yourself. Um, You'll live live a soulish life, which leads to total despair. But, um, and so he, he always comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he always has done that. He hadn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, too. (laughs) Um, And... And the end is the same for him. 
he's defeated. Um, in Romans chapter 5, look at a few verses there on this subject. Romans 5, beginning at verse 3. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so we see here that, that remember, we exalt in our tribulations. This is affecting the soul. But we exalt in the tribulations because we know that it brings about perseverance. It worketh patience is another way of putting it. The tribulations do. Just as in that other passage we looked at. There has to be a working of the patience, a forcing of it. Some time ago, um, I drew this, or I handed out that diagram. I want to just kind of remember that, where we have the the human body, the body, and then we have the the heart of man. And deep within the heart of man is the is the soul, and the spirit. And I equated it as with a two trees living within us. And when we're, before we're born again, we have this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, and on that tree, if you'll remember, uh, Galatians chapter 5 talks about the, the, uh, the uh, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> Fruits of the Spirit. And the human soul has... The fruits of the have the fruits of this in the tree of the knowledge of good. We we have a little bit of all of that, right? But we also got the evil side too. And before we're born again, we don't have a choice. We live by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it has deep roots. And that's one of the reasons it's so. So, so many times we have so much trouble after being born again. Those roots, we still have those roots in us, but we have to understand that the cross severed the roots. We're not, we're not bound by that, so it set us free from having to go by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now we have the fruits of the Spirit, the true fruits of the Spirit, and there's no evil in, in, in that. Because we have partaken of the tree, of the tree of life. We just have to learn to walk by the tree of life. And uh, 
And so I wanted to point that out because we have we have a degree of patience and goodness, and there's those that who by nature, their very nature, the old nature even, are good. And and uh, and we don't want to be good in and of ourselves. Okay, so we learn to walk by the Spirit, and we're good because of Him. Because he's the only one that's good, isn't he? There's no good in us apart from him. And so um, so those fruits of the Spirit, um, <clears throat> for instance, here in, in uh, let's see, let me find it here. I think we just read Romans 5. Have we read that yet? Yeah. Yeah. Romans 5. Um, we have, we have a degree of perseverance in the old nature. We have a degree of that, of patience, but pushed to the limit. And we all have different limits at, at that, don't we? Some are more patient than others. <clears throat> um, there's a degree of hope in the soul, isn't there? But what does the soul put its hope in? It has to be taught to put its hope in the Lord. Faithfulness. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of marriages that they're faithful, but they're faithful in and of themselves. But when you yield to the Holy Spirit, that faithfulness becomes a sure and and pure faithfulness, where there's no way it's going to steer away from that, because it's Christ. Yeah, Carol. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
right. Yep. It's on the wrong tree. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's right. Um, look in, uh, look in that verse, uh, chapter five, verse one. There. Note the wording here. Therefore, having having been justified by faith, we have peace. Where's peace come? Where where's it seated? Peace is in our soul. Our, our souls are at peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because we have been justified by faith. We have faith. We've been justified by faith. And so we have peace. And, and then he goes on, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. So that's all good and well, isn't it? But then he goes, and not only this, we also exalt in our tribulations. Now remember, we, we don't, we don't uh, exalt in the tribulation itself, but we know that the tribulation brings about patience, perseverance. If God... If, if God took away the trials and tribulations, again, how would we know that we had faith? If we were never tested. See? And yet our souls will cry out and say, take this cup away from me. <laughs> take it away. Get me out of this uh, as quick as possible. Microwave it not knowing that the Lord has a purpose for allowing it. Um, he doesn't tempt us. He allows it. Uh, he does test us. He tests our faith. and But brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope. Brings about hope. So coming back to, um, we were talking about, let's see, we're in Romans. Uh, we were talking about Satan coming to, and he steals that only which we possess. Um, and uh, this is the area that he tempts and does his, does his thing. But the key is to to don't go with our thoughts and feelings. Believe the word of God, um, and get established in your faith. Get established in your faith. Um, that is done by believing the word and and allowing it to to remain. Not trying to to run here and there. Where's God moving? Well, He's moving in you. 
He really is. He's desirous of accomplishing that which he, which he has begun. And so you don't have to run to to one place to the other. Uh, we saw where it's through the force of patience that our souls are saved. Um, so so get established. Uh, three years at a Bible school doesn't necessarily get you established automatically. You've got to work at it, at believing God's Word. Um, it is... It is a blessing to have a place to sit and bask in God's Word and His presence and environment because I guarantee when you get out in the world, you will wish you had that time (laughs) to bask in in it, to spend time in His Word. Um, In uh, John chapter 6, Verse uh, 63 it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that, I've, that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. In there, there is nothing of the soul at all. It's mentioned. There's no Greek word for soul in there. He says, it's the spirit, pneuma, who gives life, which is from the, the root word zoe. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Pneuma and zoe. Um, but there are some of you who do not believe. But, um, you know, and this is, this is really what we want, is we want words that are spirit and life. Amen? And we've talked about that, that by the two... You got to have both. I mean, the words are great, but they've got to have the spirit. And so many times, um, you may just hear the word, but if the spirit isn't breathed on that word, it means nothing. It's just it goes into your mind, and, and it will it just sit there. Or it will leave. But but he says the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Um, Turn over to John 14. John 14, verse 6. See, we should get excited about this because this is Jesus speaking to us. <laughs> Telling us about himself. It says, Jesus said unto them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He's he's the way. See, he didn't have to say, I'm the only way, did he? He just says, I'm the way. Pretty solid on that. There's no other way. He's the way. He says he's the truth. He's not the truth, or he knows truth. He is the truth and the life. The Zoe life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's it's uh, it's very comforting to know that that uh, 
he didn't change the, the language like we Americans or whoever have changed language. Do you, do you uh, pledge to say the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? There's only truth. <laughs> Anything else is just like a half-truth. What's a half-truth? Well, it's not the truth, is it? <laughs> and yet, in our courts, we get away with that stuff. Oh, I avoided some of it. I didn't exactly tell the whole truth. I just told some of the truth. But Jesus is the truth. Yeah, he's it. Hallelujah. And no one comes to the Father but through me. And I tell you what, you'll talk to lots of people out there that think there's another way to the Father. Oh, there's other religions. You're just you're just too narrow-minded. You just... You got it, you know, God loves everybody and and there's other people who they believe their way and there's there's another there's a, there's a God who loves the Mohammeds and yes he does but there's only one way and that's Jesus. Um and he is able to reveal himself to everyone. Cuz he's the Lord. Um Look at Numbers 23. Here we're talking about being established in our faith by understanding the one we believe in to some degree here. Obviously, we're not pointing out all the things about him. But being established so that we don't, we're not tossed to and fro Uh, Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I, I have received a command to bless. When he has blessed, then I cannot revoke it. That's pretty... That's pretty sturdy there, isn't it? <laughs> he has spoken, and and will he not make it good? And then look at Isaiah 55. Finally here, I think this will probably be it for tonight. 55, verse 11. So shall my word be, be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without su- succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Wow. His word goes forth and will not return empty. He will accomplish what he desires. And it's interesting in conversations how souls can be pumped up and puffed out and mankind can think there's so much and they refute the word of God. (laughs) Therefore, refuting God himself who made them. Um, 
pick up next time on the anchoring of the soul in detail. More detail than we did tonight. Uh, anybody got anything to say before we dismiss? <laughs> We've got a control guy here. <laughs> All right, well, let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together. And-